Part 15 Per diem, I shouted, hoping I could distract him. Maybe buy myself some time. Buy everybody some time. Tell me about the old ones. Tell me about the veil. Osonali Voltoro Yith. His voice was everywhere, and it felt thick with power. The river water swirled about him, a cascading spire of green and black. Sin pleureur. Fucking hell. It was no use. Apparently he'd had his fill with waxing philosophical lecturing on and lecturing me on all the reasons human beings sucked. He was focused now, determined to finish his incantation. Soon, the whole world would turn into a breeding ground for monsters like Jake, and I'd be out of a family. Think, Matt. God damn it, think. The dagger. It was an option, but one I didn't want to use. I eyed it, resting upon the stones and gleaming in per diem's light show. It could kill Jake and Nolan, but could it kill the bastard they were born to appease? I gripped my rows of teeth and stared at the entity wearing Eric's skin. My brother didn't ask for this. He had never wanted to be dosed with that serum. He'd never wanted to become a vessel for this eldritch dipshit. He wanted to be an engineer, start a small family, and make video games in his spare time. Thinking about using the dagger my little brother made me feel like crying, but in this form I wasn't certain that I could. Instead, my body just swelled with frustration my muscles grew tight and swollen, building with energy. I could reach per diem from here. I could jump the length of the river and get at him. My eyes swiveled to the dagger. I could drive it through his heart. As I was now, I knew my aim wouldn't be an issue. But it wasn't fair to Eric, and I doubted I could live knowing I'd killed my own brother. Matthew, please! I shook the memory. Not now, Mom. Not now. You're in quite the predicament, aren't you, son? The voice was faint. Difficult to make out, but it was there. Somebody had spoken to me. I swung my vision around. Dad was still unconscious on the shore, and Perdiam was still bellowing his chant. Then who? No! I spun around to Jake and breathed a sigh of relief. He was every bit as dead as I had made him, which only left... My eyes shifted to Grandma. There was no way. I leapt and landed in front of her, showering her blackened corpse in an upkick of stones. She still looked dead enough, although I'd been burned for thinking that twice tonight already. A memory tugged in my mind. Nola had mentioned that it would required four offerings to summon per diem. Himself and Jake had counted for two, and my dad would have been in the third. I figured that since the bastard actually did get summoned, that I must have counted for the fourth, even though Nolan suspected I didn't meet the criteria. After all, I might not have been a full cryptid at that point, but I did have multiple doses of serum on my belt, and was well on the way to becoming one. Even still, when I'd left Nolan, he was at death's door. Would he have counted? Or was there another monster out here? I stared at my grandma's rotting corpse, my enhanced sense of smell really noticing just how pungent she reeked. It made sense that she could be the fourth, I mean. Who's better than the woman who started it all? Grandma, I said, laying a gentle, blood-smeared set of claws on her shoulder. Are you alive? Lord help me if you're speaking to a dead woman, the voice again. But it wasn't coming from Grandma. In fact, it sounded like masculine on second hearing. I wheeled around. Might be we don't have much hope after all. Where are you, I hissed. Who are you? I had per diem, relieved to see him still absorbed in his ritual. As a bonus, his voice echoed around us, drowning our conversation. Up here, kid. I glanced upward. All I saw were trees and dark sky. It was a bird. I felt thoroughly confused. Because was I getting pranked in the middle of the apocalypse? A branch shifted and then another. Leaves rustled, but strangely, only on a single tree, the one directly in front of me. A little lower, said the voice, 
I, I moved my eyes down from the top of the tree toward the thicker air of the trunk. And was it a face in the bark? Bingo, the face moved. Or its mouth did. Didn't think that the next time I saw you, I'd be looking at that. Well, whatever it is that I'm looking at. I tried to place the voice, but I couldn't. It was definitely a man's, but entirely unfamiliar. Do I know you? The tree shrugged, its branches dipping and rising like I'd been struck with a stiff wind. Not so much, I suspected no of me, but when you and I met, you weren't at the age to be remembering much of anything. I took a step toward the tree, glancing cautiously toward Perdiem. He was still distracted, or perhaps more accurately, he could care less what I was doing. To him, I was a speck, insignificant, non-threatening. I stared at the face in the bark, and it looked like somebody I'd seen in an old photograph. Hang on, Grandpa? Wish I had a prize to give you, Matthew. The two small indentations that resembled eyes widened, and its carved mouth curved into a smile. I see Gail's little experiment has, has really taken off. I swallowed, looking back over the shore, taking in the carnage. Jake's corpse, split open with his crushed heart lying unceremoniously on his chest. Grandma's rotting cadaver, complete with fungus growing upon her blackened face. Dad's monstrous body, wheezing for breath in a pool of his own blood. And there, hanging in midair over the river, surrounded by swirling tongues of wire, Eric, my brother, possessed by an entity from another dimension. Yeah, you could say that. I looked back to the tree, to my grandpa. You died when I was young. Did she do this to you? At my request, yes. Cancer, you know. Terrible disease. And I thought I could do some more years of looking at this fine river. She placed my soul under the wood itself. His soul was part of the wood? That sounded like insanity to me. How was something like that even possible? Mixing man and wolf DNA to make a werewolf seemed, at least in some regards, within the bounds of human science. But this? He must have read the confusion on my face. It's actually a simpler bit of magic. That's what happened to you, if you're curious. I am, I said. But I don't have time to hear the details. How long have you been here? He sighed, his branches sloping downward. Two decades, and to be honest with you, I spent most of them sleeping. So much for watching the river, eh? Thernaz Diris, per diem bellowed. His voice was rising, bit by bit, growing into crescendo. I didn't know a damn thing about the spells, but I had a hunch more enthusiasm wasn't exactly a good thing. Grandpa, I need to know, is there anything I can do to stop this? You must have overheard Grandma's mention the ritual and the offerings. He chuckled, overheard. I was the one who turned her into it. Where do you think she got all that books? I shook my head. What? I was an archaeologist in life, boy. Dug up those dusty old tomes during our excavations. It was a real pain getting them home. But after I read what was inside of them, there was no way I could leave him be. He paused. His eyes drifted up to look at Perdiem. Like I said, I've been asleep for the past two decades. A good sleep, too. Until that bastard blew apart one of my trees. That's Eric, I said. That bastard's taking over your grandson's body. So I've gathered. I need a way to stop this, please. I dropped to my knees, feeling hopeless. If I don't, then he's going to turn the whole fucking world into monsters. Watch your language, Matthew, Grandpa said with a sternness. I could hardly believe given the circumstances. Still, I understand your dilemma. To be honest with you, I never expected to reach this point. The rituals and spells listed to those books, they seemed to a gateway to immortality, to having a shot at enjoying life beyond our normal lifespan. That's not what it's turned into. Billions of people are going to die, Grandpa. I need to stop this. I need to save Eric. Then you need to burn Per Diem's corpse. Great. Like I had that lying around. I don't have that kind of time, I snarled. I need to do something now. You can do it now, you nit. 
but you'll need to do it quickly. If he catches wind of you, it ain't going to end well. The tree, Grandpa, shuddered. I should know. I felt what he's capable of. Listen to me and listen well, Matthew. Up the river near Jake's fishing dock is where Perdiem's corpse was sealed. Happens to be why he brought this crappy old patch of land so many years ago. Okay, Jake's dock. Perdiem's corpse is enclosed in a tomb, and that tomb acts as his gateway. If you can pull his corpse free, light it aflame, you can end this all for good. Great. That actually didn't sound terribly impossible by tonight's standards. I'm on it. Then get a move on. I'm about ten minutes away from my life's legacy and being the damn apocalypse. Right, I nodded. Thank you, Grandpa. I tore across the shore. Jake's dock was about a half a mile up the river, but it didn't take more than a minute to reach. Once I had, I took one cursory glance back at Perdiem, making sure he hadn't noticed me. Of course he hadn't, arrogant prick. He kept himself busy chanting, though the sky had begun flickering with snaps of lightning and the river's current had turned all wonky. It swirled in places, then reversed in other places. Whatever he was doing, it was affecting the planet itself. Bottoms up, I muttered. I stepped off the dock, plunging into the black water. If I'd done this as a human, I'd have almost certainly have been pulled away by the current and drowned. Maybe after bashing my head off a few rocks now, huh? I could fight the current, force myself deeper in the river. The inky black wasn't a problem for my eyes either. The underwater landscape was painted for me in a brushstrokes of red and yellow, as vibrant as the cabin had been yesterday afternoon. Looking below me, though, I noticed the river was a lot deeper than I thought. Even with my new eyes, I could barely make up the bottom. If I had to guess, I'd say it must have been close to 150 meters, maybe more. The thing was incredible. I treaded the water, searching for what Grandpa had described. It took me a minute, but I caught sight of it. There, de- deep, so damn deep. It was near the center of the channel and mostly buried by sediment and rock. But there was no doubt about it. That was a stone tomb complete with the same creepy rune carvings by the summoning circle. I swam toward it, the shifting current pulling me to and fro. Once I reached the bottom, I positioned myself against a rock with my hands in the tomb's lid. I pushed with everything I had, and the thing barely moved. It must have been a couple tons, way more than it looked. Maybe the effects of some kind of spell. Alright, change of plans. I crouched, leveraging the river's bottom to help me lift the lid. After some struggling, I managed to get the lid up just enough that I could push it free of the tomb. It thudded to the ground with a low rumble. That was the hard part done with. Now all that was left was sw- snagging Per Diem's corpse. I stared into the tomb, looking at a creature I couldn't comprehend. It resembled nothing I had ever seen before, with its face all wrong and covered in eyes. On either side of its head were two mouths, each lined with hundreds of teeth. Call me a hypocrite, but even as a lanky vampire, I thought he looked pretty fucking gross. I lifted the freaky corpse from the tomb and pressed off of the river floor, towards the surface. Now I just needed to light this thing on fire and call it a day. Something struck me hard. My jaw felt like it nearly came clean off my face. I recoiled, spinning through the water while I lost my grip on Perdiem's body. I shook off the daze and stared at the last person in the world I wanted to see down here, Eric. He opened his mouth to a flurry of bubbles, but that was fine, because I could hear his voice in my mind anyway. Digging for treasure, Matthew? I merely indicated I had been chained upstream. Interesting for you to have found my corpse so readily. I gurgled a spirited fuck you in response. You're foolish to think you can rid of me so easily. That body has no heart. It has no weakness. Pain exploded across my stomach, and I looked down to see Perdiem's fist buried in my gut. I wheezed. The last of my air pushed out of my lungs. God, this guy was fast. You've proved more of a liability than I expected. 
Take solace knowing that I will see to your death personally. An execution by a being of my stature is a pleasure few have shared. His hand, my brother's hand, gripped my neck. I grasped at it, pulled with every ounce of strength I had. The same strength that managed to move the impossibly heavy slab of stone moments ago, but it was worthless. Perdim hardly registered my resistance. I see it now. Your memories are split open to me. The crude things that they are. He flung me, and my neck snapped as he did. My body launched through the water, up into the air, soaring through the dark of night, before landing against the trees and the crash of dirt and leaves. I groaned, still alive, but in so much pain. So this is what Jake had gone through. I knew I wasn't dying, but it didn't make the experience any less shitty. Fucking space demon, I spat, blood leaking from my mouth, then struggled to my feet. I couldn't move my head so much as an inch. Not good. I shifted my entire body sideways. I could see per diem, wearing my brother and floating above the river, staring at me. Had he finished his ritual then, or had I just managed to distract him? Given how pissed he looked, I was betting on the latter. So, per diem laughed, drifting towards me, hovering over the treetops. You've been speaking with your grandfather, have you? Yeah, I have, I swallowed. So the bastard could really read my memories. Had it happened when he grabbed my throat? It's something grandkids do from time to time. I hated how weak my voice sounded, how weak my body felt compared to him. Even after I'd thrown everything away to become a cryptid, after all of this, it still wasn't enough to face the guy on even footing. You recommend you burn my body, was it? Fuck. In light of that, I think I'd give both of you a taste of your human depravity. You see, like Jake was a poor example of my vision, so too do you appear, Matthew, and yes, you too, Harold, in fact. It looks like the serum's penchant for sentence has rendered it quite useless in my world to come. Purple ribbons of light began dancing around per diem, casting my brother's face in a creepy, ethereal glow. I'll begin from scratch, regretful, perhaps, after all you've done to save this dying world, but necessary. The trees shifted, and I saw my grandfather's face grow in the trunk of all their surrounding me. His eyebrows bristled, the indentations in the wood gazing up at per diem. Gail was wrong to bring you about. I was wrong to speak of you to her. The text described you as benevolent, sure as twisted as a devil. I assure you, you won't suffer your regret for long. He spoke a word in a language I didn't know, and in a flash of red and orange, the treetops were lit ablaze. <laughs>